Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The president says he's here, but is the Secretary of State on his way out? And it's now the British Prime Minister versus the American president. Is a special relationship on the rocks. Plus, sexual harassment on Capitol Hill, new allegations, and new twists for both parties. This is the State of America tonight. The White House is at least contemplating replacing Secretary of State Rex Tillerson with CIA Director Mike Pompeo. The Secretary of State's days may be numbered. I'm very clear that retweeting from Britain first was the wrong thing to do. Whether it's it's a real video, the threat is real. By sharing it, he is either a racist, incompetent or unthinking or all three. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. Who is in? Who's out? That is a very serious question throughout Washington today, from the White House all the way to the halls of Congress. And I'm not really sure anyone has the answer to that at this moment. The first big question, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. Mr. President, should Rex, do you want Rex Tillerson on the job, Mr. President? He's here. Rex is here. He's here, at least for now. But according to multiple sources, maybe not for long. Officials tell CNN that a plan is in the works to push Tillerson out and put in his place CIA director Mike Pompeo. It's been no secret the president has been unhappy with Tillerson for quite some time, including after reports that Tillerson over the summer called Trump a moron after a meeting at the Defense Department, which led to this remarkably awkward non-denial denial from Tillerson after the fact. Could you address the, the main headline of this story that you called the president a moron? And if not, where do you think these reports are? I'm, just, are I'm not going to deal with petty stuff like that. I mean, this is, this is what I don't understand about Washington. Again, you know, I'm not from this place, but the places I come from, we don't deal with that kind of petty nonsense. Okie dokie. And then there's this ringing endorsement from Trump just last month. Rex is in there working hard. He's doing his best. He's doing the best he can. Is he going to be with you for the duration? Well, we'll see. We will see. So now with all of that in mind, things could be changing. We know the Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, uh, there's been a lot of friction in his relationship with the president. And at the same time as that friction has increased, uh, CIA Director Mike Pompeo's relationship with the president has actually gotten better. We are not sure when this. So some top Republicans, though, think Tillerson's exit now would be ill-advised. Chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Bob Corker, he's chief among them. And I hope he's going to be there for for some time. We as a nation and the rest of the world uh, need someone like Rex Tillerson in that position. 
Well, at the very least, as a nation, as Bob Corker would put it, we need someone in that position. Why? Well, look no further than the president's Twitter feed at the moment and the unbelievable back and forth that he is now engaged in with America's closest ally, Great Britain. It all started with President Trump pushing out three anti-Muslim videos just yesterday morning from a far-right nationalist group in the U.K. And the British prime minister made her feelings about it very clear, calling it wrong through a spokesman. But that, of course, would not, could not be the last word. And of course, again, on Twitter, President Trump responded with this. Don't focus on me. Focus on the destructive radical Islamic terrorism that is taking place within the United Kingdom. Theresa May, we are doing just fine. Yes, that is the president speaking to the leader of another country through Twitter. And now back to Theresa May today. The fact that we work together does not mean that we're afraid to say when we think the United States have got it wrong and to be very clear with them. And I'm very clear that retweeting from Britain first was the wrong thing to do. Worth noting that the prime minister was actually visiting Jordan when she spoke out right there, speaking out against the American president there. But back in Britain, the floor of parliament got a little more heated than the prime minister put it. This is the President of the United States sharing with millions inflammatory and divisive content deliberately posted to sow hatred and division by, as the Home Secretary says, a convicted criminal who is facing further charges, who represents a vile fascist organisation seeking to spread hatred and violence in person and online. By sharing it, he is either a racist, incompetent or unthinking, or all three. And back here at home, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, he didn't go easy on the president either. To the British prime minister, I understand your concerns. I think it was very inappropriate for the president of the United States to retweet these videos uh, because they just breed hatred and contempt. I just cannot tell you how big a miscalculation this is. This is embracing people who are religious bigots. So, safe to say on the question of who's in and who's out, the relationship between Trump and May may be more out than in right now. Stay tuned for that. And another stay tuned, this one, on the nuclear crisis in North Korea. North Korean state television has broadcast now video of Kim Jong-un attending the test fire of that new intercontinental ballistic missile. It's most powerful yet. This came just after U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley says the U.S. does not want war, but it is ready. If war does come, it will be because of continued acts of aggression like we witnessed yesterday. And if war comes, make no mistake the North Korean regime will be utterly destroyed. And just one day after offering a notably more measured response to North Korea, President Trump returned to one of his greatest hits last night. These massive tax cuts will be rocket fuel. Hmm. Little rocket man, rocket fuel for the American economy. He is a sick puppy. Sick or not, back to Senator Lindsey Graham, a Republican, remember, now says that the U.S. may be about to make a big move. We're trying to prevent the North Koreans from hitting America with a nuclear-tipped missile. Uh, And uh, if it takes military action to do so, we're going to start preparing for that day. And I think you're going to see a ramp up in military capability. Do you know what that escalation will look like, though? Just stay tuned. I guess we will all have to stay tuned for that 
And again, also staying tuned on a very different topic consuming Capitol Hill right now, the flood of sexual harassment allegations coming to light against lawmakers. Democrat John Conyers, he's in the spotlight. He's the longest serving member in the House. He is facing new pressure today to resign amid allegations of sexual and workplace harassment. That new pressure coming from none other than the top Democrat now in the House and shortly after that, the top Republican in the House as well. It's very sad. Uh, the brave women who came forward are owed justice. Uh, I pray for Congressman Conyers and his family and wish them well. However, Congressman Conyers should resign. No one should have to go through something like that, let alone here in Congress. So, yes, I think he should resign. I think he should resign immediately. But despite that pressure and the stress that folks close to him say has now put Conyers in the hospital, through his attorney, Conyers says he is going nowhere. It is not up to Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi did not elect the congressman, and she sure as hell won't be the one to tell the congressman to leave. That decision will be completely up to the congressman. So for now, count Congressman Conyers as in, again, at least for now. Who's out? Who's in? I told you, I don't really have the answers quite yet. I just like to ask the questions, but I do have the answer to at least one question. What is Donald Trump thinking on the inside these days? Well, he was talking about taxes yesterday, and he may have finally just told us. It's all right. Hey, look, I'm president. I don't care. I don't care anymore. I don't care. No truer words have ever been spoken. So there you have it. Let's get straight back to Washington, though, right now, where it looks like Rex Tillerson's days as secretary of state may be numbered. What does this mean for the president? What does this mean for the nation's foreign policy in the middle of well, I don't even know how many crises we're facing on the foreign front? Let's go over to Sarah Murray. She's at the White House. So, Sarah, what are you hearing? What's going on here? Well, it is a little bit of a, an interesting situation over here. And, Kate, we've seen this play before with a number of different people in high-ranking roles in this administration. We know that the president is not happy with Rex Tillerson. Obviously, they've had a pretty contentious relationship, a fractured relationship, one that is not normal for a president to have with his secretary of state, which is, of course, an extremely important cabinet role. And at a time when, as you pointed out, there are many hot spots throughout the world. And so we're told that the White House does have a plan in which Rex Tillerson would move out of his role and that we would see Mike Pompeo, who's currently over at the CIA, come in as the next secretary of state. And then we would see Tom Cotton, who is currently the senator from Arkansas, move into this role at the CIA. And it appears that that's a job that Tom Cotton would be interested in taking. It appears Mike Pompeo would be interested in moving from the CIA to the State Department. But nothing has been made official. White House spokesperson, uh, Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders said today that there are not any official staffing announcements. No changes are going to be coming. Of course, Kate, we have heard that line from the White House before, too. <laughs> I mean, but we know. Funny now. <laughs> we know. I know. But we know until the president makes it official, until he announces it, until he announces it, he could always change his mind. We know this is not a great relationship. We know that it has always kind of had an expiration date. Many people expected it to come around this year, Mark. But we are waiting for any kind of official word. Maybe it'll be today. Maybe it'll be days. Maybe it'll be longer. But what a vote of confidence, Sarah Murray. We have right? no what personnel announcements job. to make today. Yeah. Let's just hope my boss doesn't say that today because I'll know where I'm headed next. <laughs> Great to see you, Sarah. Thank you. you. All right. So coming up, whoever serves as secretary of state has a new item on their to-do list. How to win back America's closest ally as the president and the British prime minister face off over retweets. The president retweeting anti-Muslim videos. The panel is next.
Racist, fascist, evil. That is how lawmakers in Britain, some of them, are now describing President Donald Trump. Maybe not name-calling, not nearly that, but even his allies here at home are not happy about the president's retweets of anti-Muslim videos from a far-right British political group. So now what? What is the real impact? Does the president see a need to change course here himself. The panel tonight, Angela Rise here, CNN political commentator, former executive director of the Congressional Black Caucus. Jackie Kucinich is CNN political analyst and the Washington bureau chief for the Daily Beast. Lonnie Chen is a former public policy advisor, director for Republican Mitt Romney, easy for me to say. Andre Bauer is a CNN political commentator and former Republican lieutenant governor of South Carolina. Great to see all of you. Jackie, first to you. The British prime minister today speaking out while she's in Jordan, to having speaking out condemning retweets from the American president. I mean, it's it, it's remarkable just to say all of that in one sentence. Do you think they are we have moved into new territory here? I mean, the, the president picking a fight with a world leader on Twitter isn't new, but the right. the scale of this uh, it seems to be. I mean, he received warnings from the State Department that this could put embassies at risk in um, in uh, Muslim majority countries. So. Yes, in terms of how this fractures the United States with with the UK and um, the kind of reverberations across the world that this that this you know, idle retweet could possibly have um, does place us in new territory. Andre, do you think Donald Trump gets that? I mean, Lindsey Graham, who you know said to me again today that he likes working with the president and he likes where the president is on many and many and many uh, policy items but on this he could he was unequivocal totally inappropriate calling it a miscalcul huge miscalculation breeding hatred and bigotry and the white house still says that basically it's nothing i mean how is that possible that it's nothing well, a couple of things. You know, the president ran a very strong position of national border and immigration security, and he ha- he is passionate about this. And I don't think this, the president's going to back down now or any time in the near future. And I think the biggest thing here is that the U.K. government has still confirmed the invitation still stands to the president, and it should be an early visit in 2018. So despite his tweets, they haven't shut down the visit, and they're still welcoming him to come over. Isn't it? I mean, for, to be honest, I, I'm, let me just say that. Forget about the visit. I mean, but the, the fact that there isn't there a way for the president to make those his position on border security known without doing it this way. There's no question the president believes that we have been overtaken by an influx of people that want to cause our country harm. He's not going to throttle back on that Where? message no matter how but, correct it is. And he's going to continue to reiterate that through the vehicle that best gets to the people he wants to reach, and that's Twitter. Which is also unverified videos that have nothing to do with people here in the United States, have nothing to do with people in the UK. One of these one of these was in the Netherlands and wasn't even, I'm not even going to go into it. Lonnie, I, I have been told um, that, I, I have been told that world leaders at this point have stopped looking at Donald Trump on Twitter. Theresa May clearly has not and felt a need that she had to respond. Do you think that other leaders can? Can they take that position? of just ignoring the president on Twitter because, I mean, can they? I mean, I think that's a very difficult position to take. Look, this is precisely the 1,233rd Twitter controversy uh, that we've been talking about with Donald Trump, and this time uh, it's on an international scale. But I I do think to a certain extent foreign leaders are going to have to decide how are they going to discern U.S. policy. 
Previously, yeah. any time a president spoke, it was U.S. policy. Uh, now, maybe you have to distinguish between U.S. policy made on Twitter and U.S. policy made through more official channels. That may be the way to get around this. But the problem is these are self-inflicted wounds, Kate. These are opportunities for the president to use Twitter to advance his policy agenda, to advance the things he wants to do. Uh, retweeting far-right hate groups uh, is not exactly my definition of advancing a policy agenda. I mean, and Angela, to Andre's point, though, um, I hear from uh, from other Trump supporters is that no American cares about the tweets, the authenticity of it, because they see it as they care about border security. And that's what the president's getting at. So no matter what the prime minister, what, what prime minister may says or thinks or who it offends, it doesn't matter. They, they, they see it as an applause line here in the United States. If that's the case, what does that mean? Um, it means that he is leading a segment of this country uh, that does not re- represent the majority of Americans. There's been poll after poll, not only about his approval ratings, but about some of his positions that he takes. And people overwhelmingly don't support those positions. So Donald Trump can continue to feed this treacherous, frankly, treacherous red meat to his base, but at what cost? And so over time, to Lonnie's point, if there's going to be American public policy made and shaped on Twitter in 140 characters or however many now, more than 200 now, um, I think that that puts us in a very precarious position. And I think that is also why you have this type of falling out with someone like Rex Tillerson. He's undermining people. I hear you. I hear you, Angela. But but I've actually been thinking about this a lot today, putting the United States in a precarious position, putting the special relationship maybe on the rocks. But but Jackie, here's the thing with the tweets, with the Pocahontas name calling, with the bringing back up the birther conspiracy. Where are the quote? Where are the consequences? Because what I see is no consequences to the president. What I see is his base applauds. Republicans still work with him because they want to get stuff done. Why would he change? That is an excellent question, and I think you're right, because he hasn't seen any consequences. Now, perhaps those consequences are coming in 2018. There have been several special elections that Republicans have won because, I mean, let's be real, they should have won them. They were in Republican states so and in Republican areas. So perhaps uh, we might see a behavior change in 2018, but frankly, we haven't seen a behavior change since 2016. <laughs> so it, it, it remains to be seen it. what could turn this president's head and or you know, and uh, change his behavior. Lonnie, I want to get you really quick on just one other thing. As, as Angela brought up, what's going on with Rex Tillerson, this reporting Tillerson on the way yeah. out, Pompeo on the way in, someone that you know very well, Tom Cotton, could then be put in place uh, at, at the CIA. Um, but losing Tillerson in the middle of multiple crises on the foreign policy front, smart? Well, look, here's another way to look at it. Rex Tillerson probably didn't have very much juice with the president, didn't have very much uh, sway with the president. So going to someone like Mike Pompeo, who has a better relationship with the president, may be, in fact, a better thing. I think Tom Cotton would be great at CIA. So we'll see. But as we know with this administration, nothing is final until it's final, until it's out of the president's mouth or on Twitter. (laughs) Then it's final. And sometimes even then, he'll go back and say he never did it, just like (laughs) the Access Hollywood tape. So you just never know. Rex, just put your seatbelt on and hold on, buddy. Stand by, guys. We've got a lot more to come. He is not going anywhere. That is the word from one Democratic congressman under huge pressure right now to resign in the face of sexual harassment accusations. Who should decide? His party? Congress? The voters? What does this moment mean for the culture on Capitol Hill? We'll be right back.
fact is, uh, as John reviews his case, which he knows, which I don't, I believe he will Why do. I believe that well, he will. That excuse me, may I finish my sure, sentence? Sure. That he will do the right thing. That was the top Democrat in the House, Nancy Pelosi, on just Sunday, not calling on Democratic Congressman John Conyers to resign from Congress over allegations of sexual harassment. Today, that very same Nancy Pelosi changed and, and did just that, called on John Conyers to resign. What has changed? What is changing? Let's get back to it. Angela, we talked earlier this week about this exact topic. I want to get your reaction, your thoughts. Nancy Pelosi today now says he should resign. What impact does that have? I think that Nancy Pelosi made a commitment to members of the Congressional Black Caucus that she would not call for Congressman Conyers' resignation before due process was allowed to take place, and that would have been the ethics investigation that is frankly just getting underway. Um, because of that pressure, she said one thing on air, and now she's um, being faced with the pressure of white uh, liberal women, um, for the most part, who have told her that she needs to say something different. So you see her flailing. Um, I'm being as candid with you as I can. Um, I think it's deeply unfortunate that this particular call for uh, Congressman Conyers' resignation not only took place today, but took place today after he's been admitted to the hospital. Um, I don't understand for the life of me, Kate, why groping women, whether you're Donald Trump or you're Al Franken, is acceptable and an apology is sufficient or a mere denial is sufficient. But when it comes to John Conyers, the ranking member on the Judiciary Committee, the very committee that's supposed to set up the ways in which we we interact with our law enforcement system, with our judicial system, he's supposed to resign from the committee and he's supposed to resign his seat. There may be other reasons why Mr. Conyers should resign, but to me, not allowing due process to take place, not allowing an investigation to take place is not fair. That's not what this country is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. That's not what we're experiencing. And I think it's unfortunate. And I feel do badly you, for the accusers, but I still think we have a system for a reason. Alani, what do you think about this? Because um, Al Franken, another person came out today against Democrat Al Franken. Um, and there's been no... I haven't heard more conversation about resignations for him. What do you think of the what do you think of this moment and what's happening right now on the Hill? Yeah, you know, the unfortunate part about this, Kate, is that we seem to have entered into a, a tribalist phase of American politics where people's answers depend on their political party. These are not partisan issues. All of these accusations are serious and they imply activity that's reprehensible, regardless of whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. This behavior is unacceptable. And I think the danger we're getting into is trying to litigate. Was it worse that he groped or that he approached, uh, you know, teenage girls in, in, in any situation? Situation. These are awful allegations, and the accusers should have the opportunity to come forward and tell their stories, and there should be a response to that. I don't think it matters whether it's Al Franken or Roy Moore or John Conyers. All of these individuals ought to step aside. Jackie, do you see a change happening on Capitol Hill? Because they passed a resolution, but it's not changing the process. It's not changing the law. It's, not, it's just telling people they need to have sexual harassment training. Which, you know, according to Paul Ryan, is a step in the right direction. And I don't disagree with that. But um, the law, the the way the rules work on Capitol Hill right now, they are they are built to protect the congressman. They are a bunch of little fiefdoms and they are built to protect the congressman, not the hardworking staff that actually in a lot of ways get things done. So in order to have real change, they're going to have to have some kind of process in order to lift that protection, because clearly it's been abused. 
Yeah, well, we will see. Andre, on this very thing, I mean, this brings up a very uncomfortable conversation for the president of the United States. He has more than a dozen accusers who he still calls liars and denies and denies groping them from back during the election. That happened during the that came out during the election. And yes, he he was elected in spite of all of that. With but yesterday he reveled in the fact that men in other industries have resigned and been fired uh, because of improprieties because of uh, accusations against them. With his past, would you advise him to stay away from this and Conyers and what's happening amongst Democrats, let's just say, as far as possible? Well, I, I would, you know, if I were advising him, I'm having pound nothing but getting uh, tax relief passed. But, you know, the bigger question to me, I actually agree with Angela on this. Everybody should have their day in court. They should have their legal process. Where I do think is a big rub with most of the people that I talk to and most, I would think, taxpayers is, yeah. is the payout. If, in fact, the taxpayers are paying these sums of money, it should adamantly stop now. I mean, without any question. And the people, the taxpayers should know who's been paid out and why. Well, and that's what's unbelievable is they haven't been able to tell us that yet. They have not been able to tell us exactly where all this money has gone. Guys, much more of this conversation to have. They're, They're investigating. They haven't yet. Day 315. Thanks, all. Day 315 of President Trump's administration. That's the state of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.